0: Welcome to New Life with Adam Camp. This podcast is a ministry of Rosemont Baptist Church in LaGrange, Georgia. Please visit us on the web at rosemontchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. What a beautiful thing to be in the house of the Lord. Father, we thank you for an incredible time of worship. Of praise, of of thinking about you, of preparing our hearts now to receive your word. Lord, I pray that as we open the truth of your text, you would speak very clearly to us, remind us this is your word. Lord, we should give and live our lives by this truth. We should apply what we learn, Lord, to our day to day lives. We should do everything according to your calling, Father. And then I pray that whatever you show us this morning, Lord, you would use it through the power of the Spirit to transform us more into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Take your Bibles and open to John 17. John chapter 17. We're beginning a brand new sermon series that I've been looking forward to for a while now that we've entitled, Sent. And I want to begin the series by giving you a statement that I'm going to use over the next several weeks, and it's really going to form for us a foundation of of what this series is about and what I believe the Lord is calling our church to do more and more. Here's the statement I want you to hear, very simply. We serve a sending God. I want to say that again. We serve a sending God. We don't serve a God who is unconcerned with our day-to-day lives We don't serve a God who set the world in motion and then it just kind of stands back and watches everything happen We don't serve a God that is distant instead we see scripturally that from the beginning God has sent his people to accomplish his will Now, we're finishing up really an an incredible week for our church today. Starting last Wednesday, we had our missions banquet and then our Thursday morning luncheon and then a meet and greet on Thursday, Uh, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. We've got the app, we've got the magazine. The, The Lord's doing a lot of things, but the whole reason we set all this up, the whole reason we do the missions conference and the magazine and the apps and all the things that we're doing is so the Lord can use you to accomplish his purposes. We are his hands and his feet. Now, I'm going to lay this out for you, I think, just very clearly, scripturally this morning and over the next many weeks to come. But as we do that, I want you to ask yourself a question. I want you to ask yourself very simply, what has God sent me to do? If we serve a sending God, a God that is sent and we do, and we're going to see that in a minute. And he's sent you out into the world. The question ought to become in your life, what has he sent me to do? What does he want to accomplish through my life? if you're not living your life as a believer constantly asking yourself the question what does the Lord want to accomplish through my life then you're just kind of floundering in your faith I promise you that instead we ought, we ought to be men and women and students, boys and girls that not only understand the calling of the Lord not only understand that he has a purpose for us but really dedicate and give our lives to figuring out what that purpose is and what he has sent us to do And so in order to begin to answer that question and to understand the sending of God, we're going to begin this morning in John chapter 17. I want to give you just a little bit of background on John 17 before we delve right into just a couple of verses we're going to spend the bulk of our morning looking at. At this point in scripture, just to kind of give you a big picture, Jesus Christ has obviously been born, he's lived his life, he's done miracles, he's walked on water, he's raised the dead, he's done all the incredible things we're familiar with. He's literally willingly now walked to Jerusalem for the final week of his life. In John chapter 17, he's literally hours away from his arrest and eventual crucifixion. And he's going to spend these last few moments with the disciples, the 12 that he's worked with, that he's walked with, that he's loved, that he's dedicated a portion of his life to, and in John chapter 17, we have what most scholars have kind of phrased, the high priestly prayer. In fact, most would argue this is the greatest prayer in scripture, most would argue this is the greatest prayer in history, and Jesus, in this very moment, as he spends the last several hours on this earth with his disciples, he says a lot of incredible things. In fact, as I read back through this chapter this week, I I was kind of reminded we could probably do an entire series on this one chapter because there's just so much stuff. He talks about unity, he talks about power, he talks about growth, and in the context of what we're looking at today, he's now taking his disciples that he's trained, he's walked with for the last three years, and he's very simply now passing the torch to them. If we want to kind of summarize what he's saying here is, listen, I've kind of done this, Uh, I've been glorified through the Lord, I've trusted the Father, I've done everything he's called me to do, but now disciples, it's up to you, I'm going to pass you the torch. And so there's this pivotal moment kind of in the middle of this prayer when he makes it very clear to his apostles... Now, their mission moving forward. So look with me, if you would, John chapter 17. We're really just going to focus on two verses this morning. Verses 18 and 19. The words of the Lord Jesus Christ. First, to his apostles. Verse 18 of John 17. Jesus says, as you sent me. And we're, going to, we're going to talk about the you here in just a minute. We'll get to that. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Now verse 19, for their sakes I sanctify myself that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. Now back up to 18 real quick. Let's look at our first truth. Very simply, there're three real simple truths we're going to look at this morning, all based around these two verses. All applicable to your life right where you are. And they ought to all be a challenge for you to walk daily with the Lord. Here's truth number one based right on John 17, 18. Truth number one, Jesus was sent into the world. Jesus was sent into the world. Now some of you are probably thinking that's pretty clear. (laughs) That's obvious. I kind of already knew that. But here's what I want you to understand just for the next few minutes. And I'm going to try to point this out to you scripturally. It's been really unbelievable to me as I've prepared for this study to go back through Scripture and to see all the times that Jesus actually uses the word sinned or sent to explain his mission. Okay, so I want to read a few of these to you. I just want to kind of make this point biblically. Again, we're kind of building this case that Jesus was sent into the world, and I've got these on the screen. I'm just going to give you a few this morning. John chapter 3, verse 17, for God did not send, there's that word, his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him, right? So there's the sense that Jesus was sent into the world in John chapter 3. John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me, there's the word again, and to accomplish his work. John chapter 5, verse 37 and 38. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice or seen his form. John chapter 6, verse 38. Nor does, for I have come down from heaven not to do his will, but the will of him who, what's the word, sent me. We see it again right there. John chapter 6. Now John chapter 7, verse 16. So Jesus answered them, my teaching is not mine, but him, but his who, what, sent me. John chapter 8, verse 18. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the father who sent me. John chapter 13, verse 20. Very truly, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me. And whoever accepts me accepts the one who, what's the word, sent me. Now, I'm not going to spend the rest of the morning, although I could, reading verses about Jesus being sent. Instead, let me just summarize it so we don't have to spend any more time reading those verses this morning. There are over 40 instances in the book of John alone, one of the four Gospels, where Jesus says he has been sent from God. Now I would argue that there's a, there's a, a kind of an a underlying current, an underlying theme found in the Gospels and especially in the book of John. That Jesus Christ has been sent to this earth. Now let's think about that word sent because that's important. If he uses it over 40 times, he uses that word more than any other in Scripture in the book of John to describe himself. If he uses that word more than any other word to describe himself, we should understand what it means, shouldn't we? It's a big deal. So I looked the word sent up. The word sent can mean to order, to direct, to compel someone or something to go. It indicates intent, purpose, or a plan. Now, let me give you kind of some modern examples to help you understand what we mean by this. When troops are sent into battle, they have a specific plan, don't they? They have a specific purpose. When a businessman or businesswoman is sent on a business trip, there's a specific plan, there's a specific purpose if I call one of my children and I send them to their room to clean, I've got a very specific purpose and a very specific plan, right? We, we understand this word sent. And so we kind of understand this idea of having intent and purpose and a plan. We would say that Jesus came to this earth with a very specific purpose, now you say, what, what is that purpose? What, what did Jesus come to accomplish? We're going to spend some time over the next many weeks kind of looking at his purpose and looking at the reason he was sent. But Galatians chapter 4 is going to give us, I think, a real kind of summary of the reason Jesus Christ came to this earth. And it's going to use the word we've already been using this morning to describe him. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem here's why i came to redeem those under the law that they might receive adoption to sonship right so we say that jesus christ didn't just come randomly it wasn't an accident it wasn't as if god just woke up one morning said i think today's the day Uh, jesus just go on down and, and hang out for a little while entertain yourself have some fun live life to the fullest have a good time and i'll see you in a few years that's not what the Lord said. Instead, what we understand is from the beginning of time, God had a plan to send Christ to this earth to accomplish a very specific purpose. So the question becomes, look at verse 18 again, if you would, please. Verse 18 is very clear. As you sent me into the world, who's the you here, is Jesus is praying. Now, I want you to understand what's going on here because, again, I want you to get the context of this chapter before we move beyond it this morning in john chapter 17 jesus very simply is praying to god the father now i'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the trinity this morning I've, i've preached other sermons on this but we would say the trinity is one god three distinct persons so we have god the father god the son god the spirit okay god the son jesus in john 17 is praying to god the father so he's saying, Jesus is saying, as you, God the Father, sent me into the world, I, God the Son, have sent them into the world. So we see that Jesus was sent by God the Father. Now let's just pause for a second because here's what some of you are thinking. Okay, so Jesus was sent into the world. I kind of I mean, I knew that. I didn't know it was that many scriptures. I didn't know there were that many verses that said it. And I kind of understand that Jesus was sent for a very specific purpose, for a very specific reason. So I get that. But Adam, why don't you help me begin to tie this into my life, right? So Jesus was sent. That's great. How does that now relate to me? Well, let's back up again just a little bit. And I want to read you some more verses. And again, I'm I'm going through these verses because I want to kind of make this point to you. I usually don't spend a lot of time looking at a bunch of other verses. But I think it's important this morning. To give you a big picture to understand kind of where we're going in this series. And more importantly, to understand that really from the beginning, God has been a sending God. Now see, here's the connection, right? Jesus is here, you're here. He didn't just send Jesus. There's more to the story. So I want to point out just a few verses for you this morning. I've got them on the screen. Genesis chapter 45, verse 7. Joseph of the old testament this is joseph speaking now here's what joseph said again we should we're building this sent case but god joseph says what sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance we just finished genesis a few months ago and we finished with the story of joseph joseph was sent by god he had a very specific purpose a very specific plan Fast forward to Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. This is Moses, the Lord speaking to Moses. So now go, I am, there's the word again, sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Right, a very specific purpose, a very specific plan. Samuel, who was called to anoint King David in 1 Samuel, chapter 16, verse 1, the Lord says to him, fill your horn with oil, be on your way, I am, what's the word, sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem, I've chosen one of his sons to be king. Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 8, chapter 6, verse 8, the Lord says, or he says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I, there's the word, send and who will go for us and I said here I am send me fast forward to the New Testament John chapter 1 verse 6 speaking of John the Baptist there was a man What's the word sent from God whose name was John Luke chapter 10 Jesus working with his disciples in verse 2 he told them the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few ask the Lord of the harvest therefore to what send out workers into his harvest field. Now, I, Again, I've got a notebook full of this stuff. There are all kind of cool Bible programs and software that'll show you every verse in the Bible that uses the word sin. And I'm telling you, it's page after page after page after page, all through scripture, we see this idea. From the beginning, through the life of Christ, all the way through the end of the New Testament, we have this sense now that God is a sending God. John Stott, who's one of my favorite authors, was a pastor in England, said this. The God of the Old Testament is a missionary God. The Christ of the Gospels is a missionary Christ. The Spirit in Acts is a missionary spirit. The church in the epistles is a missionary church. And the book of Revelation is a missionary consummation. God is a sending God. He always has been and he always will be. Now, up until this point, you've just learned a little. Now it's about to get personal. Bring verse 18 up if you would for me again, please. John chapter 17, verse 18. I want you to listen to the words of Christ. As you have sent me, right? Now, we're making this case that God has from the beginning sent people to accomplish his will. As you have sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Here's truth number two. We have been sent into the world by Christ. We have been sent into the world by Christ. The same spirit that sent Moses, that sent Elijah, that sent Isaiah, that sent John the Baptist, that sent Paul, that sent Christ, that sent the apostles. That same spirit, based on this truth in verse 18, has now sent you. Now we understand that Jesus was sent we understand that now God has been sending people from the beginning. Bring verse 18 up one more time. We understand that Jesus has done these things. And sometimes we're just comfortable by saying something like this. Listen, I know that God sent Moses and I know that he sent Elijah and Isaiah and on, Samuel and on. Jonah and all on and on the list because I know that he sent all these people and we've seen it now in scripture and I know that he's sending now these people into the world but we kind of ask nervously now we're starting to we're starting to worry a little bit because this may be applicable to our life right he, he may actually be talking to us at this moment so we start worrying a little bit and we ask the question kind of nervously who is them in the middle of verse 18, right? Jesus says, I've been sent, so now I'm sending them. And some of y'all may be kind of hoping beyond hope that it's somebody else, right? Maybe it's not really me. Maybe I'm gonna get off the hook here, right? Well, we know that Jesus originally was speaking to the 12 apostles. In fact, this whole chapter is about the prayer for the apostles, for the 12. In fact, the, the word apostle in the original Greek means, it's interesting, one that is sent, a messenger of the Lord, And so we kind of maybe momentarily breathe this, this just really small sigh of relief, thinking maybe Jesus was just speaking to the disciples. Maybe those were the ones that were sent until we get to John chapter 17, verse 20. I think we have that on the screen. When Jesus prays this prayer and he's speaking directly to you, here's what he says I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Isn't that interesting? So here's where it implicates you in your life. Jesus says, I see that God the Father has been sending from the beginning. Jesus says, now you have sent me. I've come. I've accomplished your purposes. I have sent them. These are the disciples. And now I'm not just praying for these ones, these disciples. I'm praying. Pull that verse up one more time for me. For anyone that will believe in me through their word. You understand that? Jesus is literally, now this is a a great example in Scripture, where Jesus is looking ahead to the future, and very simply, he's praying for you right here. You are in John chapter 17, verse 20, because you're one of those who will believe in him. If you're a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ... In this moment in history, specifically, Jesus Christ is praying for you. So here's what this means. If you're a believer, if you are a Christian, you have been sent into the world to accomplish God's purposes. Very simply. You've got a mission that you have been called to fulfill. One writer said it like this, Christ regards the mission of those Christians in the world as practically identical with his own. Now let's think through this just for a minute if we could this morning. Here's the problem. We can make a real clear case biblically, and I have started this morning, we're going to do this through the rest of this sermon series, but I made a real clear case biblically that God is a sending God. From the beginning, he has been sending people to accomplish his will, right? So we understand that God is a sending God. The problem is we have failed to allow him to send us. There's this disconnect there. Now, we're really good about saying he's ascending God. We're really good about praying about it. We're good about thinking about it. We're even good about going in Bible studies and studying about it and talking about it. The problem is, as much as we understand it and think about it and maybe have been now enlightened to the truth this morning, as good as those things are, the problem is we're not actually allowing him to send us. We are content just standing by and watching others do it. Warren Wearsby said this, we are people under orders and we had better obey. If you guys had the opportunity the last few weeks to watch some of the Olympics... The, the sprinting is always fun to me. I enjoy watching that and Usain Bolt and those guys that are so fast and the, the women and the relays and all the cool stuff they do. And One of the ones that we watched this week was the U.S. women's 4x100 relay team. In the very first round, how many of you guys saw the women in the first round? You know the story. A couple of you. In the very first round, this is, a, this is a, the passing of the baton. It's a relay. There are four of them. They run 100 meters each. And they get around the track 400 meters in like 50 seconds. This is unbelievable how fast these people can run. But in the women's heat, the very first race, the American team who is favored to probably win the gold or the silver, as they're handing the baton off, you may have seen it, they they literally drop the baton. And in Olympic races and really in any sanctioned race like this, when you drop the baton, you're out. That's it. You don't get a redo, you don't get to pick it up, and keep it. You're, you're done, the baton is dropped and you're out of the race. Now they actually got bumped, you may have seen that, and they kind of gave them another opportunity and they ended up coming back and winning the goal, which is really unheard of. But I thought, you know, that, that example is kind of like this scripture. Here, here's what Jesus is saying to us so clearly in John 17. He's saying to you, he's not, he's not talking to the person just beside you, you understand that? He's not just talking to your spouse. He's not just talking to your Sunday school teacher. He's not just talking to me. He's talking to you. You need to get that for one moment, just for for a second. Understand, Jesus Christ is speaking directly to me. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, I've been sent to this earth to accomplish this purpose. I'm about to be crucified and in physical form leave this earth. I've got to leave it with somebody else. I'm literally now handing you the baton. You've got to take it and run with it. And far too many Christians just don't get that. They, they may understand that he's come and that he's accomplished things, but they kind of miss this truth that they're now called to take this baton and continue his ministry and continue his mission and embrace this truth that they have actually been sent. You have been called to accomplish something specific. I don't know what it is. It's between you and the Lord. Now, some of you are asking the question. Okay, so, all right, I'm beginning to build this case now. Christ was sent clearly, we see that in Scripture. God has been sending from really the beginning of time. That's clear in the scripture. Now you're beginning to make this kind of transition that as Christ has been sent, now he's sending us into the world. So all of a sudden, all that kind of heaps upon you. You begin to recognize and, and realize this truth. You've been sent into the world. And so now the question becomes, and I, I asked this question early on in the sermon. We're going to answer as we go. You begin to ask the question, what have I been sent to do? You you ought to live your life as a sent individual. Everything about who you are ought to revolve around the truth that Christ has sent you to accomplish something. I mean, I'm I'm the pastor of this church, but you can accomplish things I'll never be able to accomplish. Why? Because Christ has given you different understandings and different views and different characteristics and, and different qualities. And you are gifted in certain areas and you're in different parts of the world than I am. And so you've got a very unique opportunity right where you are based on your giftedness, based on your calling, based on understanding your sentness. You've got a unique opportunity to do something that nobody else can do. I mean, what if, right, just think with me for fun just for a minute. What if Christ sent you to the location you are right now to accomplish a very specific purpose? What if? What if God's calling you to do something at work? You've been sent to that job for a very specific reason. What if God put you in that classroom student next to that one kid for a very specific, he sent you to that room for a very specific reason? What if he sent you into a situation in life that's difficult for you and you can't quite understand why it's happening. But you begin to pray through this idea of being sent and God's calling in your life. And you begin to recognize that maybe God sent me to this moment to accomplish this very specific thing. What has God sent you to do? Jesus says, I've been sent in the world I'm now sending you, I'm handing you the baton, you've gotta run with it and accomplish all that God has called you to accomplish. Now I wanna give you two things very, very quickly before I finish up this morning. I've got one more point and then we're gonna be done. This is a preview of kinda where we're going. We're gonna spend the next many weeks doing a couple of things. The first one is we're gonna kinda look over several examples in scripture where God sent somebody to specifically do something and I think there are truths that are common in every one of these cases that we can draw from. So what are some common things we see in all of these instances where God's sent? How can we apply those common truths to our lives? We're going to begin to look at those. But here's the, kind of the preview of where we're going. Here's how you begin to answer the question of how am I sent or what am I sent to do. Here's the first thing. Number one, we're first called to live like Christ. That's kind of the bottom line. If you want to understand being sent, it begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ, being called to live according to his plan and according to his purposes. And then the second thing, I believe with all my heart that God sometimes calls us to do very specific things with our lives. So we're all called to live for Christ and we'll talk through that, what it means kind of on the foundational level to be sent And then within that context, I would say to you, as you're living your life for Christ, as you're trusting him, as you're deepening your walk, I would say that there are moments in all of our lives where Jesus calls us to do very specific things. And when he does that, when he calls us to do those things, we need to be ready to answer. So you say, okay, good. So how do I get to that point, right? Because I want to be sent, I want to know God's calling in my life. I want to know what he wants to use me for. I want to know what he wants to accomplish in my life. How do I get to that point? Well, look at verse 19, and we're going to wind this down this morning, I promise. Verse 19 of John 17. Jesus says, for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. Here's truth number three, and then we're going to unpack that verse and finish up. Truth number three. We must grow in our understanding of God's God's truth if we're going to be effective in our mission to the world. We have to grow in our understanding of God's truth if we're going to be effective in our mission to the world. Christ uses this big word, sanctify. It's a churchy word. Sanctification just means the process by which the Lord makes you more like Christ. That's what sanctification means. So Jesus says, says I'm sanctified myself so these people can be sanctified so they can grow in their faith, so they can grow in their understanding, so they can deepen their walk with me. Because if they're going to live sent, if they're going to understand their calling, if they're going to accomplish what I've called them to accomplish, it's only going to happen as they deepen their walk and their faith in the Lord. Now I'm just going to kind of give you a spoiler alert for your life here. If you're real superficial in your faith, you're just kind of skimming the surface of your faith and it doesn't really mean a whole lot to you, chances are you're never going to fully understand what the Lord sent you to do. But as you deepen your walk, as you deepen your understanding, as you deepen your trust in Christ, this idea of being sent is going to become clearer and clearer to you And you're going to understand with more and more precision exactly what he's sent you to accomplish. Now some of you are thinking, I'm not sure I can really do this. I'm not sure I'm able to answer this call. I'm not sure I'm able to understand exactly what the Lord sent me to do. I just, I just don't know. This is kind of all new for me, and I'm interested in hearing the, the, the sermons that come up so I can maybe apply some of this to my life. But I just don't know at this moment. Maybe you say if I'm good enough or, or have enough ability or, or whatever. that. Looks, I'm just not sure I can accomplish this calling. Well, I want to tell you about David Brainerd, who was a missionary back in the 1700s. David Brainerd would have been rejected by every missionary organization really in the world for several reasons. First, he had tuberculosis. He was very sick, very weak, very frail. In fact, he died at a very young age. He never finished college. In fact, he, he was expelled from college because he questioned one of his professors. And back then, you couldn't question professors, apparently. He was kicked out of college, never finished He was prone to be melancholy. He struggled with depression. And I want to read a quote for you. Yet this young man, who would have been considered a real risk by any present-day mission board, became a missionary to the American Indians, and in the most real sense, the pioneer of modern missionary work. Here's what David Brainerd said. I want you to listen to his exact words. Here I am, send me. Send me to the ends of the earth. Send me to the rough, the savage, the lost of the wilderness. Send me from all that is called comfort on earth. Send me even to death itself. If it be in your service and to promote your kingdom. See, Jesus has sent you to do something. And he gave his very life. So you can fulfill it. You need to ask yourself the question. What has Christ sent me to do? Let's pray. Father we thank you for the calling in scripture. We thank you Father for just the clear direction you've given us. We thank you, Lord, that there's this real compelling case biblically that we have been sent. So, Lord, for us, the question doesn't become, have we been sent? The question is, what have we been sent to do? Lord, I pray as we just kind of process these scriptures in our heart this week and as we study over the next many weeks this idea of being sent, Father, I pray you just speak directly to our hearts. I pray, Lord, you would help us to deepen our walk and to deepen our faith and deepen our trust in you. And I pray, Lord, you would begin to answer that question very clearly in our hearts. What have I been sent to do? Lord, I pray that we would spend time on our knees and with the truth of your word poured into our hearts, deepening our faith, deepening our understanding. So when you call us, Lord, when you give us direction, when you send us, we're willing, we're able, we hear your voice And we have the courage to obey. Lord, speak to us in a mighty and powerful way. It's in the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You can stand. Now, here's what's going to happen over the next few minutes. We're going to have a time of invitation. And then as we kind of wind that down, we're going to allow you to come down and spend some time in prayer for our missions offering. We've got a basket here. We do this one time a year. You can give money to go this year specifically towards scholarships. Megan and Joe will be going, Hudson Powell, Betsy McCarter. we got several people that are going on longer-term trips. The money you give will go to help support those people that cannot go. So you come and pray. You come and give as the Lord speaks to your heart. This is your time to respond as we sing together. You come. Thank you for joining today's sermon. We would love to hear how today's message blessed you. Use the contact us link on our website at rosemontchurch.org. God bless.